Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Press Toward the Mark podcast, episode number 10. Episode number 10. I hope that everybody's had a good day in the Lord's house this morning, and hopefully you do again this evening. And I pray that the Lord's been a blessing to you, and uh, hopefully you have a good week as well. Uh, Got a new episode here for you. New episode. Been working on a few different things. Uh, we've got a few different things that I've been, uh, looking at and, uh, and studying, uh, but I want to give you a thought, something that I kind of got while reading, uh, after A.W. Tozer. I don't know if you've read this book yet, but it is called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. If you haven't read it yet, definitely encourage you to do so. It is a great book, a really good book. And uh, I've been reading on it, and he kind of mentioned something in his book in one of his chapters that really kind of got me thinking a little bit, and that is the thought of the veil of self, the veil of self. So I'm going to explain that a little bit uh, as we get into things here, but it's it's kind of an interesting thought, a different, uh, a little bit uh, uh, different take, at least for me, anyways. I haven't I haven't really thought about it like this in a sense, but he brings it out in a way that makes uh, makes pretty good sense. And he talks about how um, the the veil of self. Uh, he says he says one of the quotes that he has in the book says uh, says self is the veil, the opaque veil that uh, that hides God's face from us. Self is the opaque veil that hides God's face from us. And I, that really kind of struck home with me because of the fact that, I mean, it happens a lot of my life. There's often times whenever I am, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily where I need to be spiritually. And it's not because of God. It's not God's fault. Um, but it's really, it's really just because of myself, because of the fact that I'm, I've allowed, um, whether it be a specific attitude or whatever it might be, um, I'm just more concerned about myself than I am about the things of God. So as a result of that, it kind of uh, it hinders me from being able to see God uh, for who He really is and uh, and and the things that He does in my life that. Uh, I miss I miss so, so often, uh, but I've got a few things wrote down because when I was reading about it, it really kind of made me think about the rich young ruler in Mark chapter ten. You can also find the story in Matthew chapter nineteen and Luke chapter eighteen, but I'm going to stick here in Mark chapter ten and just kind of go through. So I'm going to read some scripture here in Mark chapter ten in verse number seventeen. It says, "And when he was gone forth into the way." There came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered Jesus and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him loved him. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the, take up the cross, and follow me. Verse 22 says, And he was sad at, the sa- at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. For he had great possessions. So the reason why I kind of thought about this man here. It's because of the fact that he 
really allowed himself to uh, to be blinded by his own desires and his own ability, um, rather than seeing Christ for who he is. I mean, this man literally stood and and kneeled. He came running to and kneeled before Christ, the Savior of the world, the the Son of God, and the one that that was going to give himself for our sins and bear the sins of the world, that we might be able to have eternal life through him. And he was going to, I mean, all the things that you just think about in Christ and, is, and, and how amazing Christ is and how amazing God is for sending his son to die on the cross. I mean, all of this, and this man had no idea who was truly standing before him. I mean, he had Christ. He had the God man, the savior that was standing before him. And he comes and he says to him in verse 17, he says, what shall I do? that I may inherit eternal life. So the first thing that I noticed about this man and really kind of thought about whenever I was thinking about this veil of self uh, was his self-confidence. The man was, was very confident in his own ability. And I got to thinking about it and thinking about myself. And, and a lot of times I'm the same exact way. Uh, I think that I am uh, able to handle things that really in all reality I couldn't do if it wasn't for God in the first place. Uh, but I try to do it under my own power and my own ability. And then I fall flat on my face and I have to go back and rely on God anyway and pray and ask him to help me. Uh, so a lot of times it's, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm self-confident and, and there's nothing wrong with necessarily having a, a form of confidence. I mean, it's good to have confidence in the word of God. It's good to have confidence in Christ. It's good to have confidence in the promises of God. But there's times whenever we have confidence in the wrong things. For instance, when we have confidence in our own power and our own ability to deal with situations that really only God can handle. And so as a result of that, we rely on ourselves and we become self-reliant instead of, uh, instead of savior reliant. And we wind up falling flat on our face and making a mess because we have put too much confidence in ourselves. So he had way too much self-confidence here in verse number 17. He said, what, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He thought that it was all in something that he could do, not realizing that it wasn't what he could do, but what Christ could do for him. So as a result, he had too much self-confidence. And I think it's interesting how, how A.W. Tozer puts this because he talks about the veil uh, with Christ after Christ dies on the cross. He says it is finished and the veil was rent from top to bottom. And the reason why he calls it the the veil of self is because the veil was rent from top to bottom and allowed man access to God directly instead of the high priest having to go in uh, for man and, 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 and make the sacrifices to atone for our sins for a year and all these different things that the priest could only do and the high priest could only do. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and we could not enter in ourselves if we did not hold that high priestly office. But now with Christ being our high priest and going in once to the holy place and, and being the propitiation for our sins, now we have direct access to God. And so that veil that separated man from God was rent in twain from top to bottom. And now we're able to go boldly before the throne of grace and make our petitions known unto God. And that is a wonderful privilege and an honor to think that we could go before the God of the universe and be able to and be able to to cast all of our cares upon him for he careth for us and what a privilege and honor but as a as a as a christian we also have uh, a responsibility to make sure that god stays first in our life and it's so easy for the christian to get sidetracked by his own uh, by himself 
and the things that's in his life and who he is that it hides the face of God from him. And we really haven't really, we really haven't entered into that holy place and gotten on that holy ground with God and really met him face to face. And you met him face to face whenever you got saved and you were, you, you met him at Calvary and you got born gloriously born again. But we also have the flesh, we have our flesh, we have the, our sin nature, and it so much desires to do what we want instead of what God wants. And so as a result of that, our self can get in the way, and it can cause a spiritual veil to hide uh, hide the face of God from us because we are more concerned about ourselves than we are about the things of God. So this man here in, in Mark chapter 10 had too much self-confidence, but he also had too much self-assurance. Self-assurance. Look, look if you would. Uh, verse 18 and, and 19 and 20 says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So he's trying to make him realize that there's nothing he can do. But he's not getting it. Look in verse number 19. It says, Though thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. But look at what he says in verse number 20. He says, and he answered and said unto him, Master, which he's really, when he's calling Jesus Master, he's calling him teacher. He says, all these things have I observed from my youth. All of these, all these have I observed from my youth. So he's saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Christ goes through and gives him this discourse. And he says, I've done all these things. I've observed. I have, I've done these things from my youth. He says, I, I, I know that I have observed these things and that I, there's, no, there's nothing else that I can do. So what more, what can I do more to make sure that I have eternal life? Because I know that I am good. I know that I have done these things that you've told me. And so he had the wrong self. He had, he had the wrong attitude towards Christ. He had the wrong attitude towards himself. He thought he was too, uh, he was too self-confident and now he's too self-assured that he knows that he is better than what he really is. And so he's failing to see the lesson that God, that Christ is trying to teach him here. And he's trying to teach him and show him the fact that he's not good, that there's none righteous, no, not one, and that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And until you realize that, that you are a, a wretch, that you are a sinner, that you need to, that you needed a savior. Uh, I mean, you, if you don't realize these things, then we are not having a spirit of, of humility, but we actually have that spirit of pride. And this man has that spirit of pride. He's more concerned about self. He's, he thinks that he's got it figured out that he can do it. When in reality, it's Christ that does the work. That's Christ that does the saving. So he is way too self-assured, but notice also his selfishness in verse number 22. After Jesus tells him what to do, he, Jesus tells him that, uh, that, he, that there's one thing that he lacks, and that's to go sell all that he has and give to the poor. And then he says, thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. And notice what his response is. This really shows the man's character towards Christ and towards himself. He says, and he was sad that at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. 
I mean, this man was, he was upset and sad at the fact that Christ told him to go and sell what he had and give to the poor. And the the thing is, is that Christ didn't tell him that he would go and do that and he wouldn't get anything in return. He says that thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And so this man was so earthly minded instead of eternally minded that he actually goes away from Christ, the savior of the world, and leaves the lamb of God standing there. And he leaves him sad and upset because he have, he was he had great possessions possessions on earth. And if you have great possessions, it's good. God's blessed you. And that's a good thing. But if God wants you to give up something that's going to get between you and him, then we ought to give it up. But in his own selfishness, he was more concerned and didn't want to give up what he had in order to follow Christ. And he he thought that it was something that he could do, but it wasn't anything that he could do that that could allow him to have eternal life. It was all in Jesus Christ, but he thought that he was good enough. And so he allowed the veil of self to hide the face of God from him and to keep him from being born again. There's no scripture that you can find that mentions this man uh, coming to Christ or following him. He's not one of the 12. He's not, he's not somebody that we know of that was one of the disciples of Christ or followed Christ throughout his ministry. But rather, we, all we know about this man is that he was, he was sad at the saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. So as a result, we can infer and, and assume that this man never really came to, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he never and he never got to know Christ on a personal level because he was so concerned about himself that it hid the very face of God from him. And in our Christian lives, our self oftentimes allows keeps us from really seeing God for who he really is and how powerful he really is because of the fact that we are more concerned about everything else down here. We're either more concerned about relationships or friendships or uh, or societal status or we're more concerned about careers and about money and things that we that really, in, in eternity, standards have no bearing and no eternal meaning. But to us, we are more concerned about that because it brings gain to us. He was, see, this man here in Mark chapter 10 was more concerned about the gain that he could get from Christ instead of the gift that Christ had for him. Christ was there and he was willing to give him the gift, but he was never going to accept it because he was more, he was blinded by the veil of self that kept him from being able to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times that veil keeps people, keeps sinners hidden from, from Christ. And a lot of times that same veil will keep a Christian hidden from, uh, keep the face of God hidden from a Christian because of the fact that he gets sidetracked by the things of the world and the shiny things of life and becomes more consumed about what he can gain. And he forgets about the gift that he has received. So don't let the veil of self keep you hidden from the face of God. Don't let that, don't let it hide God's face from you, but rather let's refocus and recalibrate and readjust our focus and keep ourself uh, focused on Christ. The theme of a lot of my preaching lately and a lot of the things that I've been uh that I've taught and and preached and talked about is I just keep finding myself coming back to Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 2. And honestly, this could really be something that, 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 I mean, really, it's kind of the theme for my life right now, and that's to set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And it's a hard thing to do. It's going to take work, but that's what, that, I mean, it's a commandment. He didn't say, if you feel like it, set your affection. No, he says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth.
So we need to make sure that we are doing our, our absolute best to make sure that we are not allowing the veil of self to hide the face of God from us. Let's get readjusted and refocused. Let's look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's fo- let's follow him. Let's get closer to him. Let's have a stronger fellowship and relationship with God. And let's do something for him before it's eternally too late. I don't know about you, but I want to be I want to have treasure in heaven. I want to have treasure in heaven. I may not be rich on earth here by by anybody's standards, but I want to be rich according to God's standards. And I hope that you feel the same way. I pray that you feel the same way. And listen, if you have never experienced the saving, the, the never experienced the salvation of Jesus Christ, it's not too late. It's never too late for you to to come to to Christ and to and to get gloriously born again and put your faith and trust in Him. And I promise you, you you will never ever regret it. I've never, I'm not very old, but I've not regretted it. But I know a lot of people that have lived a long life for the Lord, have been faithful to the Lord, and they'll tell you the same thing. Whether they're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, they'll tell you they will not regret ever coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope that this helps you. And remember, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Follow after Christ. Don't let the veil of self hide God's face from you, but keep following after him, trusting him, loving him, sharing him with everybody. So go out today. Let's share the gospel with somebody. Let's share the word of God with somebody. Give give somebody your testimony. And let's be an example in this lost and dying world. Let's not give up hope, but let's set our affections. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Until next time, God bless you.